Did you say, what are we doing? Oh, my. <laughs> You're good. It's a special. Yes. I don't know if we have a mic. See, like I said, my sound man's out. Do you have yellow? Try that one. Give me some. Give me some.
Bibles to the book of John. I always appreciate the special music, appreciate it this morning. We've got a lot coming. This morning been a hectic week for me. Uh, man, has it ever. But um, all is good. Um, turn to John chapter 14. John chapter 14. And we'll continue our study in the book of John. And uh, starting in verse 1, the Bible says, Let not your heart be troubled. Ye believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. Boy, what controversial uh, passage this is. Because people say, Jesus is up there with a hammer and nails building a bunch of mansions. But that's not even what the Bible says. We'll look at it in a minute. Verse 3, if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there ye may be also. And whither I go, ye know, and the way ye know. Thomas saith unto him, Lord, we know not. So Thomas, sticking his foot in his mouth again, Jesus says, you know, and he says, we don't know. And that's not true either. So go on back to verse 1. He says, let not your heart be troubled. Uh, one of the things you realize in this world, there's a lot of troubled hearts. A lot of people that are very um, just concerned about everything, worried about everything. And, you know, maybe there's a lot to worry about, but not if you're a Christian. Doesn't matter how bad the world gets. Doesn't matter how, uh, how much Washington, almost intentionally, seemingly, uh, tries to destroy this country. Every decision made is really detrimental to our future. They want to save the world, the Green Deal, you know, uh, but just destroy it now. I mean, nobody's going to have a job. There's not going to be enough food. And, but, you know, the, the, the supposed uh, global warming, remember the global cooling, the, you know, and, and all this stuff they're doing, it's just destructive, destructive. But let not your heart be troubled. So why, you know, I, I think about that song, you know, just trust in Him. Trust in Him. Let not your heart be troubled. So I looked at some things about, about that. Look at the cha uh, same chapter, verses 27 and 28. 
almost he repeats himself. He says, peace I leave with you. So Jesus is getting ready to go. He says, my peace I give unto you, not as the world giveth, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Ye have heard how I said unto you, I go away and come again unto you. If ye love me, ye would rejoice. Because I said, I go unto the Father, for my Father is greater than I. So he says, listen, you don't need to be troubled, you need to rejoice. We need to rejoice that Jesus went to the cross, but not just that He went to the cross, but that He was resurrected from the cross. I mean, the fact that He, the grave could not hold Him. That uh, the grave wasn't the finale. It wasn't the finality of it all. The grave was just a a stopping off point, as it is for us, because the Bible says we sleep in Jesus when we die. So it's not something that's final. And he says, listen, you ought to be rejoicing. Now think about that. They'd spent three and a half years with Jesus. He says, I'm leaving you. Now rejoice. It doesn't compute. And listen, that's because our finite minds can't understand the will of God. Think about it. You don't understand. I don't understand. I, 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 went, you know, I went from Alabama to Knoxville to here, and I was talking to somebody the other day that had somebody that... that took a job up in some place, and um, then they lost the job rather quickly. And, and boy, it must have been out of the will. They prayed about it. It must have been out of the will of God to move there. I said, well, then I was out of the will of God for moving to Knoxville, staying there for six years, writing seven books with a pastor up there, and, and the relationships that we build are phenomenal. And now I'm down here, so I must not have been in the will of God when I went from Alabama to Knoxville. Oh, no, no, no. We know you were right. Oh, but you're not. Because you haven't seen how God's going to bless you in the future. In other words, because, we, because we're in the midst of the move, or we're in the midst of the action, and we haven't seen the end result, then we automatically assume, oh, it must have been wrong for me to do this. Listen, let not your heart be troubled. Right. We worry all the time. Right. We fret over everything. And listen, I get it. There's a lot to fret about. If you just listen to the news, you go, man... It makes you mad. Well, get mad. Just don't worry. That's it. Get mad. Be upset. Take it out on nobody that you live with. That's a, that's a good point to make. He, uh, look at 2 Corinthians chapter 4 about this thing on being troubled. Because I, I think uh, after hearing that song, it's, it's where I need to hone in on a little bit. Um, 2 Corinthians chapter 4 verse 8. Chapter 4, verse 8, the Bible says this, We are troubled on every side. See, his heart's not troubled, he has trouble. So you're going to have trouble, it just says, not your heart be troubled. We are troubled on every side, yet not distressed. Well, that's the key. Don't stress. Do you know that, I've talked to several POWs lately, we, have, we live in a a great area. I mean, it's just phenomenal. So I, I sat down with one of the POW, six and a half years in POW in Vietnam, Hanoi Hilton. You know, if you, if you go back and you study it, just amazing. Uh, my dad said the most interesting person he's ever talked to. My dad was Tet Offensive Vietnam. Um, you know, and I sat down with him and I said, I don't understand because Howard Hill's another one of the, uh, the, the POWs that I'm real good friends with. He jokes all the time. I mean, every, every subject is a joke and it comes from being in Vietnam as a POW. But I said, I don't understand if you guys were starved to death, why are y'all living so long? 
I mean, look, they didn't have any nutrition for six and a half years. Both of them were there for over six years, the two that I talked to. There's a third one I haven't met with yet. And he says, you know what it is? It's stress. We didn't have any stress. I said, you didn't have any stress? He said, yeah, what did we have to worry about? You know, you just, we had no stress. And then, boy, they did, they, they told about the Morse code. They knocked, they weren't allowed to talk with each other. And they would do Morse code. And one guy would get up and he would, uh, he would do the, the, the Lord's Prayer in Morse code every morning. And every Sunday they'd have church by Morse code through the, it was amazing. He said, the problem is with people today is stress. The reason that we are living so long as POWs with no food for six years, our bodies should have shut down and been decimated, and they didn't, is because of stress. They didn't have stress. And that's what he says right there. He says, look, we're troubled on every side, yet not distressed. We are perplexed, yet not in despair. Are you perplexed? Sure I am. But look at what it says. But I'm not in despair. Now, I'm buying more canned goods than I ever have. You know, I'm, I'm stocking up a little bit. Why? Well, because I know that they're, if the, we were talking about last night, if the government's talking about food shortages, boy, you better believe there are going to be some. They're planning on it. Persecuted, but not forsaken. That's good. Cast down, but not destroyed. Always bearing about in the body uh, the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life of Jesus might be made manifest in our body. For we, we which live are always delivered unto death for Jesus' sake, that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our mortal flesh. That's the whole point. Does Jesus get manifest by you? How do you react? How do you interact with people? What do people see when they look at you? Do they see the life of Jesus? They don't see the life of Jesus. We've missed something. Um, you know, you go to 2 Corinthians chapter 12 is another one. We glory in infirmities. Uh, Philippians chapter 4, verse 6 and 7, be careful for nothing. In other words, don't be full of care for anything. But with your prayers, let it be known unto God. The peace of God which passeth all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. So listen, don't be full of care. Be careful for nothing. But let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God which passeth all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds. You're peekabooing me right now, and it's really cute. I'm having a hard time up here, y'all. Cute as a button. Hi. So as we go on, look back at uh, chapter 14 again of John. Let not your heart be troubled. Ye believe in God, believe also in me. So is believing in God sufficient? He just says it right there. You believe in God, now believe in me. If you want to go to, if you go to somebody and say, well, I believe in God, well, that's not sufficient. There's no other name given whereby you must be saved except for the name of Jesus. You believe in God, great, now believe in Jesus. And that's where we instruct them and that's where we direct them. And he tells them, listen, the Father and the Son are one, but you can't just say, well, I believe in God, I'm saved. No, you've got to trust in the Lord Jesus Christ in order to be saved. Verse 2 again, I told you this was controversial. He said, in my Father's house are, present tense, many mansions. Then why do people think that Jesus is going to uh, prepare a place for them? Well, it says He is, but it isn't that. 
If he goes to the cross, what's he doing? He's preparing a place because you have no place. You have no way to get to heaven except through Jesus dying on the cross. He's going to the cross to prepare a place. The mansions are already there. Look at verse 2 again. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you, I go to prepare a place for you. He's going to the cross to prepare a place. Not going to heaven to prepare a place. He's going to the cross to prepare a place. And that's very important to understand. In, in Revelation chapter 20, verse 11, the Bible talks about the great white throne judgment. And those that are lost, it says there was no place found for them. No place found for them. Jesus is going to go prepare a place, but there are people that have no place because at the great white throne judgment, they'll be judged for not accepting Jesus Christ, the payment that He paid for them. Verse 3, For if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you, look at what He says, unto Myself. This is crucial. That where I am, there ye may be also. You know what? We talk about heaven, and, and really, in Luke 24, verse 51, the Bible says He's carried up into heaven. So we know where Jesus is. We know, where the, we know that the mansions are up there. I get all that. But I want you to think about the, the terminology here. He says, I go to prepare a place. I will come again. And I will receive you, not to heaven, which we're going, to what? To myself. The whole point is Jesus. The whole point is, it's not, uh, isn't Jesus emphasizing, emphasizing heaven? It's where He is, we will be. Where He goes, we will go. When He comes back, we come back with Him. That's very important to understand. It's all about relationship. It's all about where He is, there we are. And that's why He says that, because I'm going to show you. Look at 2 Corinthians chapter 5. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 6. By the way, I love the book of John. I, 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 am, uh, I was hyper-dispensationalized, meaning you read Paul's epistles. When I was in Bible college, I could take correspondence courses when I first got there, and man, I took them. Romans, Galatians, Ephesians. And we discounted John. Man, I'm telling you what, what a shame. We discounted Hebrews. Don't do that. All Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is... Oh, is Hebrews profitable? John profitable? You better believe it. You know why we got a bunch of people that are Christians that don't live like Jesus? Because they don't read about Jesus. They don't study His life. They don't study how he lived, how he interacted, what type of, uh, of, of relationship did he have with other believers. Listen, yeah, he called them hypocrites and vipers and a generation of this and that. He, he did say those things, but that wasn't his full focus. The lady at the well, what did, I mean, the woman at the well, what did he do? Man, he loved her, and he showed that compassion. What we've lost by losing Jesus, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John is we've lost the compassion. If you don't have charity, you've got nothing. If you don't know how to treat your fellow brethren, you've got nothing. So let's look at this thing and see what he emphasizes in every aspect. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 6. Therefore, we are always confident knowing that whilst we are at home in the body, we are absent from heaven. Is that what it says? What does it say? 
So what's the emphasis? The Lord. Look at verse 8. For we are confident, I say, and willing rather to be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord. The whole point on the thing is, it isn't heaven, it's being with Jesus. And if we think about being with Jesus, it'll change all of our perception of how we ought to live and act and and behave. Look at Titus chapter 2. Titus chapter 2, verse 6. I'm sorry, verse 13. Ah, we can go anywhere, but look at verse 13. He says, looking for what? We're looking for the blessed hope. That's Jesus coming back. And the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior Jesus Christ. What are we looking for? We're looking for Jesus. Every day when you wake up, your first thought, your first thought ought to be, Jesus could come back today. That'll change your life. Do you know why people that don't believe in the pre-tribulation rapture have such a hard time getting along with other people? They're not looking for Jesus today. If they were looking for Jesus today, they would be a different person. Because it says, it says in the context there that you would live godly, you would deny yourself, you would do things that are spiritual in nature, and, and you would have a different type of personality. But instead, what we have is we have people that reject the pre-tribulation rapture, that Jesus can come back at any time. And they're go- I, I, I saw one guy in a rocket chair. I told you about this a couple of years ago. I saw a guy in a rocking chair and he says, you all don't believe in the, that we're going to go through the tribulation. I've stocked all this food and let me tell you what this, he's on a rocking chair out in front porch. He's got this shotgun. He says, I'll blow your head off. You try to get my food. Well, good Lord, are you a good Christian, brother? Well, I tell you, I warned you. I warned you you're going to be here. And if you didn't do anything about it, well, you're the foolish one. That's what this thing's for. He's not looking for Jesus. That's why, that's why he doesn't have the right attitude. Yes, Look at 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 is the, is the passage on the rapture that most people know. And uh, I, I just let's just for time's sake, go ahead and read a lot of it. <laughs> Who cares? Look at verse 13. I can't, I can't just, I'm a little bit behind, but I'm, I'm, I'm going to get there. I want to cover all those verses I read. Verse 13, But I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep, that you sorrow not even as others which have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them also which sleep in Jesus will God bring with Him. They're up in heaven now, their body's in the grave, He's going to bring them with Him. What? Their soul's coming back. For if we if we say unto you by the word for this we say unto you by the word of the Lord that we which are alive and remain and the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep for the Lord Himself shall descend from heaven with a shout with the voice of the archangel with the trump of God and the dead in Christ shall rise first look at verse seventeen this is us if you're alive then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to do what. To meet the Lord in the air, so shall we ever be with the Lord. Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. We're going to meet the Lord in the air. That's what we're looking for. It's not just, let's focus on heaven. It's focus on Jesus. That's the problem. If you don't focus on Jesus, your heart's not going to be right. You're going to be troubled. You're going to, you know, if, if I ever have a day, and, and, and I don't, I, and just I'm focused on 
you know, look, I know what's going on. I, I, I think we got a four-year reprieve with the, last, with the election before this one. And I believe we got four-year reprieve, and now, look, we're... I mean, can you imagine if the Clintonistas were in there for those four years, the stuff that's going on now would have been four years earlier, where we'd be today? Man, we think we got problems now. Can you imagine multiplying that times four? And then, I mean, they... Listen... You didn't disagree with the Clintons. I mean, there are people that did. Six feet under. They came visited you. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. You're doing a good job. You know, you look, you look the part. You do. You look sharp. I like it. I like it. Go on back to, <laughs> go on back to John chapter 14. No, he's not a hitman for the mafia. I, I realized you could take that both ways. My goodness, yeah. Chapter 14, look at, uh, look at this thing again. Look at verse 3. He said, if I go, uh, And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again, receive you unto myself. That's the key, that, that where I am, there ye may be also. And whither I go, ye know, and the way ye know. Now, if he just told him, you know, why would anybody argue with Jesus? You say, well, Thomas is getting ready to argue. You read it already. I did. And you know what we do? We argue with the Lord. Oh, Lord, I don't think you want me to, you know, I don't think you want this done. Or I don't think you want this to go in this direction. Or I, People argue with Jesus all the time. Here's Thomas. Thomas saith unto him, Lord, we know not. Man, I looked at, I looked at Thomas. When, when, you, when you figure Thomas, in chapter 11, Lazarus uh, was there, and he, he says, Lazarus sleepeth, and then he says he's dead. And they said, well, they, they were trying to kill you. What are you doing going back there, Lord? And, and uh, Thomas speaks up, and he says, he says um, let's go with him and die. That's what Thomas says. You know, he's with Jesus. He's with God manifest in the flesh. You're not going to die if it isn't your time and God's watching over you. Jesus isn't going to die before his time. But he said, let's go with him. Let's go die. He's going to die, we're going to die. And then here you've got this one. He says, you know, and he says, we know not. And then, you know, the prince, if I don't stick my fingers in the prince. Man, can you imagine Thomas when he... There is no record of him ever sticking his fingers in the prince of Jesus. He looked at him and he looked at those those wounds and he says wow this is the savior and then you know in in, in uh, chapter 21 uh, Peter says I go a fishing what what did Thomas do he just followed along he went fishing too so Thomas you know I get he does get a bad rap I get it I don't think many of us are any different I mean how many times do you question God you say, well, I just don't know, and, and I don't know if God wants me to do this. And you know, there, there are people that, that look at every situation and analyze it to the point that God is left out of the equation. You've got to put God in the equation. God has to be the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end of the equation. The beginning and the end. The, he's got to be all of it. He's got to be everything in between. But yet, what we do is we leave God out of that thing. When you're making a decision, put God in it. When, you're, when you've made a decision, keep God in it. But we end up looking at things as the outward appearance. You know, and you can't do that. You can't do that. I'm still amazed you guys graduated from high school. <laughs> I was thinking, 
I was thinking, man, has time flown. I remember they were just in high school not too long ago. It was actually a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> My goodness. Brother, your kids just, man, four years, just like that. I gave, Listen, I, gra- I thought you guys were so smart, so mature, that it had to be college. Haley, you too. I thought you were, man, graduating from college already. Look at uh, John 14 again in uh, verse 6. Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes unto the Father by me. You know when you study your Bible out like that and you, you, you now read that verse in context? I, I probably quoted it a hundred times, if not a thousand times. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth. You know, I'm out street preaching or something. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes unto me, you know, and, and I quote that verse, and I quote that verse. Now, reading it in context, you understand he's answering Thomas. He's answering a doubter. Right. And he doesn't say, look, I, I'm one of the ways. He didn't say, I am, I am a way. He said, I am the way, the truth, the life. And then, you want to have another religion? Go ahead, but no man comes unto the Father by me. So why are we so closed-minded as Christians? Because we have to be. Either we're closed-minded or we accept that maybe Jesus was wrong, lying, deceived, a false prophet. He's not a false prophet. He didn't lie. And he said, no man cometh unto the Father by me. Well, how do I open it up and go, well, you know what? I guess it's okay to have whatever religion you want. You'll die and go to hell. There is no, I'm sorry, there's nothing, you can't, you can't sugarcoat it and say, you know, it's okay for you to keep your own thought and your own process in the thing. Jesus died on the cross, He was buried, He rose again. You cannot go to heaven except the way that He says to go. And it's through Him, and that's it. The cool thing in the context is where He goes, we go. So if He comes back... We're coming back with him. When he comes back to the clouds and he goes back to heaven, we go back with him. We spend seven years up there and then we follow him back in Revelation chapter 19 on white horses. And some of you are really excited about those horses, I'm sure. It's a white horse. I mean, it's probably going to be pure white. Uh, the mane's not going to be natty or whatever you'd call it. It's going to be just, you know, not going to look like your beard, brother. It's just going to be smooth. That's right. That stuff work? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Let's go ahead and close in prayer. Lord, we do thank you for your many blessings. God, lead and direct in the services this morning. Thank you, Lord, for uh, just being such a gracious and wonderful and uh, perfect God. Lord, we'd have, we, could, we could have nothing less. We'd have no salvation if you weren't the way, the truth, and the life. Uh, no man comes unto the Father by me. We understand that it's only Jesus through Jesus. That's the way. And we pray this in Jesus' name and for His sake. Amen. All right, you are dismissed. We'll start up again about 11 o'clock. <laughs> you know I was in John.